Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And happy Monday. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Ranieri. For those of you who are still keeping up with sports in this tough time in all of our lives, we're happy to deliver some to you. Of course, you're watching here every single day, 11 to 1 Eastern in the AM. Joe and I are here, as well as some great 24-hour programming, which you can catch and see updated grids as far as the kind of programming that we have, the guests that we have on the show. Just go on over to sportsgrid.com, also our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to that. And uh, as we always talk about here, there's a lot of really fun shows that you can watch on demand on Pluto TV, Zumo TV, and Stir. And if you don't know what any of those are, maybe you're watching with us right now, maybe you're not, just a quick Google will take you right to those. Download the apps, watch them for free. We're not charging you anything. All we're asking you to do is like and subscribe to the work that we do. Uh, very uh, scintillating weekend, Joe, of sports. I wish I could say that. I wish I could be, you know, Mondays in, in our world of sports mm-hmm. and sports broadcasters, and you've been at this a long time like me, it's like Monday's always that day where the, the show writes itself. There's so much happening over the weekend. Sports are predominantly always played over the weekend. And from a preparation standpoint, it's always fun to to go into a Monday because Let's be honest. I mean, you don't really have to do that much. It's like this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. And always and in all the sports, baseball, football, basketball. Yep. But not this year. Yeah. Not this April. No, no. We, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it's a funny story here, guys. Is, uh, Craig and I were actually uh, debating and breaking down Star Wars uh, characters uh, over We've the been weekend. Discussing it. Absolutely. We had a discussion uh, going over also our uh, favorite parts of uh, Ozark, too, as we. Uh, I took a page out of Craig's book, and I am like a fine wine. I am sipping it. I am not diving into four or five episodes a day. No, I am forcing myself as well. One episode a day, stretching it out. And, hey, let's not forget, we had WrestleMania. We had uh, some sort of uh, NASCAR race, uh, computerized. I racing. I race. So there were, and don't forget the Belarus handball. Got a lot of things going on here, man. There were. There were. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of you for, for doing it the right way. I mean, binging is out in yeah. a pandemic. It's out. Nope. You know, anybody who, who's binging, what's the rush? Where you, you, you could watch these over a week or two period. Now, we did finish Ozark, but we watched them in order, order. once a day, every day, over a 10-day period. We yep. made one mistake. We got sucked in on one episode to watch another, Ooh. and it was a brutal mistake because, honestly, I mean, usually the way that these go is when they suck you into the next episode. The next episode wasn't as good as the previous. Right. And, honestly, out of the 10 episodes on Ozark, I would I would give an A-plus to, like, 8 out of the 10, and then there nice. was one, like, B-plus and one B. But you'll get there. We're, right. we're not going to ruin it for anybody, but it was, I, I thought, the best season of the show so far. Yep. So what happened over the weekend? Well, uh, we did have, and, and again, I am the least political person yes. that is in sports. I don't believe in mixing my sports with politics. I've said this on all the shows that I've done previously before. It's not that I don't support politics in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't. I choose to not alienate half the country. Correct. So uh, use that little caveat before we dive into this conversation. This is no indictment on anyone one way or the other. Uh, so over the weekend, all of the commissioners of all of the sports, they would also include wrestling as well, Joe, mm-hmm. which is interesting. 
But uh, the president of the United States had a conference call with all of the commissioners, mm -hmm. and he came out of this essentially saying that uh, sports will be back sooner than later. That was mm -hmm. the first part. And the second part was that it did seem to be a little bit of, of safety net for pro football in September. So, you know, I came out of this with a couple of different ways. First of all, you have to be optimistic, of course, in these situations. You have to say you want things and things that, that should come back. I think a lot of this is going to be dictated by doctors and people of medicine, and I understand all that, and I want to be optimistic. I want to feel that way, and I want to feel like, at the very least, our worst-case scenario is that we got to endure this for five months, right. and, and then college football and pro football comes back. Everybody knows my thing is baseball. I get it, but look, if, if you said to me, what is going to move the needle most in our careers? It's football. I get it. I, I understand it, and especially right. from your perspective, betting. As much baseball as you can bet on every single day, it still pales in comparison to what people bet yep. on an average weekend of college and pro football. So I, I feel good about that. I don't. I, I didn't really go one way or the other with it because optimism is very important this mm -hmm. time of the year. I'm not here, Joe, on a Monday to throw a wet blanket on any of this. But right. I would say that, unfortunately for me, coming out of it, left me less optimistic with baseball with the NBA with the NHL I think a week and a half ago or two weeks ago I was fired up I'm like right. ah, baseball back they're gonna play in June they're gonna play in July and then we're hearing all these stories or athletic reported over the weekend maybe baseball will play in Arizona and spring training stadiums in front of nobody I'm like, this can't happen like it can't be so I'm hopeful news will be better later in the week but at least my weekend when I got into it I said okay if I'm a half full type of guy I'm feeling good about football coming back yes if I'm a half empty and a guy, I'm a little nervous for the other sports right now. I got to be honest. You know, I, a couple of things fascinated me over the weekend with that. Number one, not a lot of, you know, for as embedded as some of these guys are with the Ian Rappaport, you know, and, and others around the sports world, man, they were kind of late to the game. It was just like an hour and a half, two hours before the meeting uh, at noon was yeah. taking place on Saturday. And nobody kind of knew about it until just before it happened. And then, once we did know what happened, it was kind of like, all right, what's going to happen? Where is it going to go? And uh, while we don't have any of the specifics as to what was said, we do know who was there, which was just about every commissioner out of every sport uh, known to mankind. Um, a lot of the president wanted to thank them, them thanking the president for the response and, you know, keep it, how to um, acclimate locally in the community and, and charity. So a lot of the fluff stuff. Uh, I don't think we'll really know the, you know, the down and dirty on what else was said on there. But, I mean, listen, football is protected because it's the furthest away. So we get it. it. You know, we yeah. get it. Um, baseball, we know the NBA, a lot of stories over, uh, you know, the last three or four days. Started on Friday night with Windhorse saying they're trying to do everything they possibly can do to cancel the season. Come up with an agreement with the uh, players union. Uh, to be able to do that, because I don't think people realize how much money is at stake here. And if you think to lose, and if you think the owners are going to take it on the chin by themselves, you, you know, you, you're sadly mistaken. So a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to who comes back first, when, and most of it all centers around money. Now, baseball, I believe, has already worked out an agreement as far as yeah. pay and, and those. Yeah. Right, exactly. Now, that's kind of what's going on with the NHL. It's kind of what's going on with the NBA. I do think, and you mentioned it, three weeks ago we were going, oh, okay. but it's only been four weeks, guys. So 
while the you know the goalposts keep moving, a lot of stuff is is happening at a very rapid pace. So the good news is I don't think any of the sports just yet they haven't hit that line where once you cross it you can't return. Um, I I do think there are some options here still on the table for all sports, but I think we just got to kind of wait and see. I do love the optimism though that. Listen, football's going to come back. If you were to tell everybody, and explain to Mr. McGray, if the president or anybody, the commissioners come out and said, you know what, guys, we're done here, no sport, there would be serious anarchy going on. You're right, it's a fair point. That's you know what I point. mean? Like, we, we wouldn't even be able to do this show today. No. We'd be like, hey, no. Joe, what's going on? Exactly. You know? like, we'd be all upset. So yep. you have to be optimistic. Yes. And, of course, that's part of it. Uh, I'm just giving my honest opinion from mm-hmm. it. I, I think that... You know, college basketball, of course, took it on the chin just for the NCAA tournament. At least they were able to play out their regular season. Yep. And as you said, as the goalposts keep moving, now we're approaching drop-dead times for the NBA yep. and for the NHL. And then baseball would come in after that. College football would come in after that. I mean, we're talking about the spectator sports where there's right. 50, 100,000 people at that. And then, of course, the NFL. And, and honestly, at this point, it is a smart thing to say because regardless of what happens, even if the NFL didn't play in September, they could still play a 12-game season in October, November. I mean, football, in my mind, in my opinion, they're going to work that out with the yes. NFL, and I think that one to play. I, just, I would have loved to hear more from the other sports. We just didn't get there. Uh, as, as you mentioned, the NBA is trying to finalize at this point, Joe, some other ways to engage fans. They're holding the, the uh, you know, playing on Xbox and PlayStation. I got to say, I'm kind of, I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, and I'm already tired of that already, so... They can have fun with that. I won't be tuning in. But the one thing that was interesting that's been brought up is the idea of NBA players going into their own gyms and playing the sort of mm-hmm. game of horse. And regardless of it's if it's good or not, and we don't know the result, at least that there's there's something on the horizon there potentially to to look at. Um, you know, we played horse, of course, as kids, and we all you know played in the backyard and, and that sort of thing. And I suppose that could be interesting, Joe, but that's kind of what the NBA is at least talking about right now. And listen, there are, and I got friends that were watching some dude do push-ups last week. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I can't. Like, I just, I draw the line. Reality TV as it is, is like, uh, it's hard to get interested in. It I mean, is. everyone likes a good car crash, the Kardashians included, and Housewives and all of that stuff, but... I got to, you got to be, I would give anything to watch Zion play anybody on one-on-one. You know what I mean? I think there are, and I'm it'll, glad it'll they brought it up. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea because it yeah. gives us something other than a dude, you know, eating, how many Big Macs can a guy eat? Like, I can't, I can't on any level. Right. I can't. Yeah. No, I, I, that's something that I'll look forward to watching. Yeah. At least that's on the schedule of somewhat. Um, also on the schedule over the weekend. And I gotta call it how it is. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see any WrestleMania, Joe. I didn't. I didn't see any of it. I know what was going on. I mm-hmm. saw it all over my timeline on Twitter. Yep. I just couldn't bring myself to do it, man. Yeah. Oh uh, man, maybe that makes me a bad sports fan. Terrible. Uh, but you know, a little Gronkowski and uh, you know, on the uh, headlining there for a couple of days as well. So, uh, listen. Strange from what I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but the whole non-audience thing. Um, the way they maneuvered the cameras and the, and the kind of thing that they did there, it's, it, you'd have been hard-pressed to figure it out. It just, it, there were moments, from what I understand, it looked really weird. Uh, yeah. But, you know, 
The entertainment, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, my word, that was two days over the weekend that you guys were in your glory and you had, uh, you had something to be distracted by. So, you know, good for Vince. And that was pre-recorded, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So um, that had already been done, but kudos to them, man. I'm, uh, I'm glad it gave some people an outlet this weekend. In the uh, Joe Ranieri watching over under, did you watch uh, over under two minutes of WrestleMania? Uh, highlights. I watched two minutes of some highlights there. That's, uh, yeah, that, that kind of yeah, counts. Yeah, and that, that was uh, that was that. No, and uh, I listened. To, I watched and read a lot of the comments uh, as people were watching it, uh, as they were streaming it, and those types of things. And uh, for the most part, everyone just loved it. It was so nice to read, you know, in in your newsfeed and your timeline, uh, people enjoying. Um, you know, something other than, you know, the doom and gloom around everything else. It was, it was actually kind of nice to be able to, you know, separate it for a little while. And uh, that's what it provided both Saturday and Sunday. And Gronk's a wrestler now. So forget that, New that's England it. Patriots. That's he's it. in. He yep. was on The Masked Singer. He was, yep. uh, he was wrestling. And, yep. um, he's, making, he's making a, I don't know how many careers out of himself. He could do three or four careers for sure. Yeah, I watched, I, I, for somehow, I don't know why I stumbled on it. I stumbled on, I don't know why, they, it's funny that the Yankees should come up, but it was an old Yankees game on YouTube okay. from, I want to say it was like 1979, and just some random Yankees-Angels game. Wow. And it was like Nolan Ryan was pitching for the Angels, and Reggie was on the Yankees, and Greg Nettles, and those games. And, and the Pinella, one takeaway yeah. that I Wow. Lou Pinella, right. Yep, yep. The one takeaway that I had from that was... Like that game, it was so slow moving. <laughs> really? Like, like they didn't care. Like like these pitchers just took their time. And like Louis Tion, I, 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 Louis. I Louis Tion was on the Yankees. Yankees he was on the Yankees yeah. for a couple of years. Yep. So he's got the ball. He's looking around, you know, and back and forth. And then like you know, and Tion, no no one's th- striking anybody out on on the Yankees side. I mean, Tion's not a high strikeout. Right. Guy. So it's pitching the contact. It's foul balls, foul balls. Nolan Ryan, foul ball. And I'm like, wow, like. Crazy. It was just, I mean, I, I get that, that people don't like baseball because it's slow. I know they're trying to pick up the, the right. speed of the game now. But you talk about an era where there weren't a lot of strikeouts, and that means a lot of just fouling off and yep. just, I mean, I don't know. A lot I of thought pitching. I'd bring that, up. that was like the highlight of yep. my weekend. A lot of I'm pitching looking. and outmaneuvering and guys trying to do anything to get guys off balance. Uh different game that's an absolute different game just uh it probably a three and a half four hour game no problem yeah uh also uh just a quick note from the weekend too i know we had the super bowl recently here in in south florida lucky we got that in by the way Mm -hmm. before all this craziness happened apparently new orleans according to cbs joe could be uh out of a possibility of hosting the super bowl because of the 17 game schedule there's a lot of discussion that the super bowl is going to be played president's day weekend moving forward and it, it always really should have been a holiday the day after the Super Bowl. We know everybody's watching it. But if that ends up happening, that could conflict with Mardi Gras. And I would ask you, what do you think is a bigger deal? In New Orleans, they'll tell you it's Mardi Gras. All over the country, they'll tell you it's the Super Bowl. Do you think that there's got to be a breaking point? Because I don't think that you're going to be able to basically host everybody Mardi Gras weekend in New Orleans the same week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's a mess. And, and if I'm New Orleans, that's not something I want to do either. But, um, but you yeah, listen, Mardi Gras is going to happen every year one way or the other. Um, so I think if uh, I would definitely prefer the Super Bowl and maybe move Mardi Gras if you can either the week after or maybe the week or two prior there. Uh, but even, 
Listen, as sure as we're sitting here, um, Mardi Gras is going to change, too, moving forward. So uh, I do think there's going to be some yeah, uh, maneuverability with you know, those types of parties, shall we say. But I do think the Super Bowl uh, will generate a few more bucks at, uh, at that point than what Mardi Gras will. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see all the changes that are going on. And the NFL, of course, is, yep. is the main one, not just with life, but just the way that the games are going to be played. Yep. Uh, before we take a break and before we get to our This Day in Sports and the birthdays, uh, definitely want to send a rest in peace out uh, on this show yesterday, uh, Joe. Tom Dempsey, yes. the former kicker in the NFL who kicked the longest field goal at the time uh, in NFL history, ended up passing away due to uh, some... You know, symptoms and and having unfortunately having uh the coronavirus so uh you know kick the kicking game joe has changed so much back when tom mm-hmm. dempsey was kicking primary thing a very big deal uh really hard to get kickers into the pro football hall of fame now there aren't that uh very many of them i think vinitario probably be the last kicker that'll yep. get into the pro football hall of fame when he does, decides to retire but uh just wanted to mention that not the way that we want to end the segment on a sad note, but I thought that it would be best to at least uh, send our condolences to him and his family. One of the all-time greatest calls, too. Um, you know, they beat Detroit, I think. It was on a last-second kick, you know, 63. It was kind of a Hail Mary at that point, uh, but great call, too, uh, by the uh, by the booth for uh, New Orleans at that time. It, you've heard it a million times. You don't even realize you heard it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. So... Uh, rest in peace, Tom Dempsey. We will take a quick timeout right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, this day in sports history, we also have some fantasy baseball to kick around a little Ooh. bit later in the show, what the Braves may end up doing, and also their odds to win the National League East. So don't go away. Plenty more FST with Craig Mish along with Jurinari right here with you on SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. Also, please make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, to hit that little button that's right below you, the like and subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe to all of our shows right here on SportsGrid. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're here for you during the time where we're hoping you guys are uh, doing well at home. We'll be right back here on Fantasy Sports Today after this quick commercial break. And Joe and I will be right here for you. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on the show. It is Craig Mish and Joe Renner here with you. Thanks so much for watching. And, of course, it's the first Monday in April of 2020. We hope that you guys are staying home, staying safe, washing your hands. And, I mean, social distancing, we spent so much time talking about that for three weeks. Now it's just stay in the house completely so we can all get through this together for sure. And, uh, and it's interesting over the weekend, Joe, We, in case people missed it, you can go back and watch it on demand on YouTube or any of the places where you hear uh, audio in terms of podcasting, iTunes, Android. Uh, we did both weekend days of mm-hmm. this day in history, the, the 4th and the 5th of April. And so yep. I had a lot of people asking me, uh, they forgot about uh, tough, uh, Carl Tuffy Rhodes hitting those three home runs on opening day for the Chicago We're Cubs. Gonna get hitting that a couple anywhere. of those days. Yeah. Not anywhere. Huge, huge content, huge content here on the show. Award-winning. 
with no award. Exactly. Or, award or the award. <laughs> it's just very easy to say award winning on anything, right? Like, does anybody Always. even check that? No. Award winning fantasy. Nope. Absolutely. Under, and nobody questions it either. They're just like, oh, that's. Oh, no, it just sounds good. Yeah. That's good. Who's award? Our award. Yeah, our award. <laughs> we gave ourselves we're, an award, damn it. We did. I'm, we have our own trophy. I'm going to find it. I am. Somewhere, somewhere here in my uh, my studio, studio C. All right, this this day in fantasy sports history, we're looking at April sixth. It's April sixth, two thousand and twenty. Let's get started, and we start with Roberto Clemente. April sixth, two thousand, or excuse me, two thousand nineteen seventy three. Clemente's number retired by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, Major League Baseball, of course, has its Roberto Clemente Day. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, before we go any further, should anybody in baseball wear uh, Roberto Clemente's number? Because that's the number that everyone seems to be talking about as the next one that no one will ever wear. Yeah, and uh, with good reason. We're talking about, um, you know, one of what many people consider to be one of the very first five-tool players uh, that just had it, uh, had it all. And uh, when you talk to Pirates fans and those in and around the game uh, in that era there, he was uh, beloved and he was also feared on a lot of levels. That was a guy that could do it. And people always say, um, you know, if he had a chance to, uh, to play, you know, 15, 20 years, he might have broken a lot of records. Yeah, he would have for sure. By the way, uh, interesting little piece of trivia on Roberto Clemente. Uh, he played for 18 years. You're right. He probably would have played... You know, I, I would say at least four or five more years. Do you yep. know how many hits Roberto Clemente ended up with? It's a good trivia question. Ooh, did he did he get to three thousand? Joe, he had exactly three thousand hits. Wow! Imagine that, and then he passed away. Wow! Exactly three hundred. Uh, five tools. Yep. So right, bases. Uh, they used to steal bases in those days. I think. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. No, he was not a big base dealer. No? But he was, no, 12 was the most. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. He was four and a half tools, Joe. Oh. He didn't play for the Yankees. No. Uh, Gordy Howe, you talk about somebody who played hockey for like 50 years. Mm -hmm. He played, this was, he completed his 26th season on April the 6th. In 1980. Now, if you remember, he even came back to play with like Hartford a few yes. years later after that. Like, like this is like hockey players, the all-time greats, Joe. They play forever, 25 years, 26 years, 23 years. You don't get that in the other sports. I know why you don't get it in football, right? But a lot of times you don't even get it in baseball either. Yeah. Well, you know, down here we're in uh, in in the South Florida area, guys, and the the. Yager jokes. I mean, it was they thought he was going to play till he's sixty. I mean, and uh, uh, he was just uh, absolutely. And the all-time greats, they do that, and because they still serve a purpose on the eye, they can still play at a high enough level to be able to help a team win games. It's crazy. Yeah, he played twenty-five seasons wow. uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, oh, legendary! And legendary. then he played one game in nineteen ninety-seven. Just. He just, just came Crazy. back to you know, play in another decade. We've seen yep. that before, guys. Crazy. <laughs> now, this, this one is interesting. In 2010, the Angels wanted to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. And the most blankets ever worn at one place at one time, I am not making this up, was 17,000. No. Now, the Angels had a Hideki Matsui Day, 
Matsui, at the end of his career with the Yankees, ended up playing with the Angels, I guess, for a season or two. And they ended up giving it away and breaking the all-time record for blankets, Joe, 43,510. And so this is if you ever wanted to get into the Guinness Book of World Records, this is the way to do it. You have to find something very obscure, Joe. Yep. And and that's the way that you get in there. Yep. Godzilla, uh, one of the uh, still, I think, uh, revered by Yankee fans. Uh, he did play with the Yankees, didn't he? He did. Uh, okay. and, and a World Series MVP. Yeah, darn, darn right, man. Still revered by, uh, by Yankee fans and uh, well-respected. Uh, you almost forget he did. He played with the Angels. I mean, it's, uh, you kind of forget that at the end of the career. Yeah, we ha- we'll have to do a show on that. Like mm. we- we- Weird players that played on strange teams at the yes. end of the year. Yeah, you- and you don't remember. <laughs> so that's this day in uh, fantasy sports history for April the 6th. And, um, you know, Joe, it's like at this time of the year, we're looking at a lot of early baseball games or closing mm-hmm. in on the end of the NCAA tournament championships. Yeah. And ironically, if I'm not mistaken, tonight, I hate to be a downer, but tonight yep. would have been the championship, right? Absolutely correct. Championship. We would have been uh, crowning a champion. We would have been uh, counting our money on uh, how well we did, uh, you know, getting up to this particular point. And we'd either be hedging at some point or going Did you have any in. futures? Did you have any futures on any of the teams? Or no? I did not. No, I did not. I was kind of waiting to see what was going on with the. I mean, Michigan State was the team that I was eyeing to be able to uh, to make a run like they always uh, do. Uh, but it just, uh, I was rooting for the uh, for the Zags and Dayton to be able to do some Dayton damage. Was really good. Yeah, that yep. was the team that really. Uh, put, yep. I mean, what a shame for the Flyers, man. They yeah, Obi Toppin, Player of the Year. Congratulations to him too, as well announced last week. All right, uh, how about birthdays? This day mm. in fantasy sports birthdays. Uh, f- for us, I had to kind of go off the grid here a little bit, but I'll explain to you why. Uh, first of all, we'll start off with Burt Blylevin, now the announcer for the Minnesota Twins, mm-hmm. and finally got himself after 3,700 strikeouts into the Hall of Fame a few years ago. So good to see him in. Former Indians pitcher, Pirates, of course, and, uh, and, and a really, really fun guy as well. I get to see him when he's uh, broadcasting for the Twins, lives in Fort Myers, so happy birthday to Burt Blylevin. Was he uh, a fireballer? I don't no. remember. He was crafty, right? I mean, he, he wasn't for a long, long time. time. Yep. Yeah, let's see. I'll look it up here. Yeah, he pitched for a long time, Joe, and that's you know part of it here. Uh, let's see. The most strikeouts that Blylevin ever had in a season was very early on in his career he had 258 that's a good number for back then but joe he in the year that he had 258 strikeouts right he made 40 starts <laughs> he threw 325 innings yep. there you go there you go folks <laughs> he pitched 22 seasons in the big leagues 3701 strikeouts for pitching 300 innings you're going to get uh, you're going to get some strikeouts i would think so yes I would think so. Wow. Uh, Sterling Sharp would have had a great career had his uh, yes. had his career not ended early because of a neck injury. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1965, so happy birthday to Sterling Sharp. But we don't hear from or see uh, very often like we do his brother Shannon Sharp. We see him a lot. Sterling Sharp actually was on TV, Joe. For a yes, short he was. Time. Yeah, I, and I enjoyed. I thought he was uh, really, really good. But we talked about this uh, when we talked about Green Bay last week that he. Um, it's an absolute shame that neck injury because I, I definitely think he. Uh, we'd be talking a lot more about him uh, than his brother eventually uh, in when it comes to the record book. Yeah, uh, a little bit of different position, but yes, a great wide yep. receiver for sure with the Packers for many many years. And then finally, I know it's not sports, 
But I got to throw Paul Rudd's birthday in there. He was born April the 6th, 1969. Now, there's a couple of sports that go with Paul Rudd. First, mm -hmm. in one of his movies, if you remember, Joe, he was having a fantasy baseball draft. The wife couldn't find him, right? And this is 40? Yes. And, and she ends up going to somebody else's house, and they're having a fantasy baseball auction. Remember, his line was, I got Matsui. Yep, that was that's correct. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, Paul Rudd's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yes. And, and yep. was in the locker room even after they won the Super Bowl. So happy mm -hmm. birthday, Paul Rudd. Yep, very nice. Yeah, a couple of uh, all-time uh, classic movies that he's been a part of here. And a uh, very, very funny guy. And I do remember seeing the pictures. Uh, here uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He uh, didn't realize it was, actually, until I saw it, how big a Kansas City Chiefs fan he really is. Good yeah, he him. is. Yeah, he is. And, uh, and by the way, he looks like he's, like, 30 years old right now, right? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's another guy who doesn't age uh, at all. So that's a uh, 40-year-old virgin. Still one of my uh, favorite movies. Of, uh, Great. Yeah. Been in a lot of classics. A big oh, sports fan yep. as well. Huge. So, so we talked about Roberto Clemente, mm -hmm. and and I want to kind of go back to that topic here before we move on to anything else, which mm -hmm. is basically about retiring numbers. Right. And it's a hot topic, I think, for a lot of fans in their respective cities. Here in South Florida, we had one of the more bizarre uh, retirements that's mm -hmm. happened so far. Now, I will say this. The Miami Heat is a class organization, and it always has been. But they made two very strange decisions in retiring numbers, I don't know if you remember this, but in their rafters with yep. all of their NBA championships, and the Miami Heat has won three, they retired the number of Michael Jordan mm -hmm. with a half Bulls, half Wizards uniform once upon a time. And they also retired Dan Marino's number from, uh, from Miami Heat history. Mm -hmm. And I don't bring that up specifically because of the Heat, but it, it always is a like a hot-button conversation, Joe. And like it seems like teams have different qualifications, criteria. Yeah. criteria as far as what they do. And and I and I always find it curious of what you what you think about that, Joe, because for me to have your number retired, right. I don't think you necessarily have to be a Hall of Famer in the sport that you played from, but you have to have accomplished a lot with your team. And I think some teams just do it a lot easier, maybe because they haven't accomplished things. Right. And then some teams are really uh, stringy about it. Like it took the Red Sox a long time to retire Wade Boggs' number. Like, yes. I mean, how, how is that even possible? Yeah. So um, what, what's the criteria for you? Do you have to be a champion of some kind, elite performer? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you uh, what, I think the most important thing is you've, you've got to have longevity within the city and the team that you are, uh, our number is being considered to be retired. I mean, Marino, for instance, meant so much to South Florida for his entire career. You know, that's a, we're talking about a team that in the early 70s, undefeated, right? They were really good. Then they went through this very mediocre period. And it, what were they going to do? And then all of a sudden, you get Dan Marino as your quarterback. And it, you know, the next 20 years is just its unbelievable what he accomplished, both on and off the field here in South Florida. So I, I do think not only do you have to have the impact within the team and obviously the sport, but... Um, to me, you've got to have something else going on to that community and to that city that you were a part of. So I, I do think longevity and uh, value on and off the court or on and off the field should be a consideration. All right. So, so I'll, I'll throw a couple names at you mm -hmm. and you, know, you take your one second and think about it and you tell me if you think that the number sure. should be retired for the player. 
Um, you think Philip Rivers should have his retire, uh, number retired by the Chargers? No. No. no I, he fits your longevity, though. Yes, he, he does, it. but I still don't think he's as good as Dan Fouts, though. Is Fouts' number? You, yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm I think sure Fouts is, is, yeah. I think Fouts is. I, to me, I think Antonio Gates' number should be retired before Philip Rivers. I mean, Rivers was the one who threw to Gates, though. Good point. Yeah, if you got to do one, you got to do the other. I, that's an interesting one with Philip Rivers, too. It's um, a guy that... I mean, uh, his numbers are going to stack up there with every great quarterback, but he yeah, never won Yeah, you know anything. what? You, you never, got never went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? because he's got 23 kids there from the air. I mean, he did. He did a whole lot for the community there, too, so as well. So, And then they moved and kind of screwed everyone up. So, uh, yes, absolutely. And the city of San Diego will probably retire his number somehow. How about Mookie Betts with the Red Sox? No. No. And no longevity there, and plus it uh, didn't end well. I mean, it, he's a guy in his prime now. Like, you didn't even, yeah, I'm you just didn't throwing even some names. They won a, champ- yeah. won a championship with yeah, them, right? Yeah, I, I get it, but I mean, it's, yeah, no, I'd, uh, he, if he would have stayed and signed the next another five years, six years, absolutely, I think he would have been. Okay. How about Buster Posey? Should the Giants retire his number when he uh, retires? Oh, interesting. Um, no, I think Bumgartner will get it before Posey does, although... Pretty valuable to that franchise for One, a long two, time. two World Series. Yeah, exactly. So, yep, absolutely. Got hurt a lot, though, towards the end there. But, yes, I think uh, I would not, but uh, Bumgarner should. Okay. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, Arizona? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's the epitome of what I'm talking about. Never really won, only got there once, right? Uh, never won, like Marino type of situation. But what he's done for the – and in this day and age, uh, not having hung him up uh, and, and continuing to, uh, to make it and producing at a high level. I don't know how. It, as soon as he retires, they should just put it up in the rafters and stop giving the number out. If, if Julio Jones never played another game with the, with the Falcons, would you retire Julio Jones' number? I would. I would. Because he, um, uh, I definitely think in Atlanta, and then it's, it's a storied franchise and it's got some history, but... Uh, if you are the best player at that position since the inception of your franchise, um, and you do it as long as he's done it and meant as much as he's meant to that team, uh, yeah, no, I, I think you got to put it up there. And I think he is by far, you know, Roddy White's nice, but I mean, Julio's just a step above everybody. He's probably one of the top five or six all-time greatest wide receivers. How about Kevin Durant with the Warriors? No, and they did it, and it was the most asinine thing I've ever seen. But I really think that was just about a uh, sucking up type of situation uh, and hoping he was to come back. But he was never coming back there. I, I was not a big fan of that at all, was I? especially since they had just won one without him. I, right. uh, but, it's yeah, a good, no. but it's interesting to think that some, that some deserve it. Some, yeah. It's like, it, it's really an opinion. I mean, I think fans of their own teams, most of them would want to retire all of the numbers, but then right. you get into a Yankee situation where the Yankees trade for somebody that's like, I'll take number three. No, well, how I'll are you going to put I'll take it number out. one. <laughs> Steph Curry and Kevin Durant as a warrior, right? And you're going to what? So, Steph, what are you well, going to do? Rename the sure. whole building? Curry, after? It'll happen for Curry for sure. Yeah. Durant, Durant didn't start as a warrior, and right. he's not going to end as a warrior. No, I think it just cheapens the whole idea of the – you know, let's uh, let's retire the number. I think it cheapens it all together where you're going to have the big three there. You know, Draymond, Clay, and Steph, their numbers should be in the rafters, and that should be the benchmark, not a dude who came in, uh, you know, because he threw more money and he wanted a championship. Like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. 
All right. With that, we'll take a quick time out. How about LeBron? Yeah, he'll get retired in Cleveland and uh, maybe Miami. Miami. Maybe. All right. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. today Craig and Joe here with you as we go from talking about retired numbers to players that are getting in their respective Hall of Fames mm. and of course uh, right now uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame their ceremony is certainly somewhat in jeopardy uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in July in Cooperstown has to be in jeopardy as well and of course that's for Derek Jeter getting into uh, the Hall of Fame so um, you know there's going to be a hundred thousand people there in Cooperstown to see that they got to mm. make sure things are safe there mm-hmm. and um the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend yeah. talked about their inductions. The one thing that people confuse with the Basketball Hall of Fame, they always do it, is that this isn't the NBA Hall of Fame. I'll say it again. It right. is not the NBA Hall of Fame. This is the Basketball Hall of Fame. So college, pro, WNBA, they'll basically put in whoever they think is deserving of it. Right. And it's not to say that the NBA Hall of Fame doesn't have any cachet. It has some, Joe, but of all of the Hall of Fames, this one probably uh, has the least of them all just because so many get in right. uh, each year. Right. And it's, it's, a, um, it, it's a very, it's a great honor. And it is, and, and I don't mind having that type of situation because of, you know, the, the college aspect of it, the game, and anybody that's had a real impact on the game can get in here. Obviously, the NBA is the NBA, but basketball itself, you know, encompasses an all, a whole big landscape there. And, you know, this is one of the, I think, Tom, uh, Rudy uh, Tombanovich was in, uh, inducted, and um, Eddie, uh, Eddie Sutton, I believe. So a whole lot of uh, guys that are very deserving who played integral parts in the game of basketball, both male, female, college, not college, NBA, of course, uh, are in this. And it is nice, but it's not the NBA. No, it's college, it's pro. We can kind of go through it here a little bit. We'll start with the most popular names, and then Mm -hmm. um, we'll run down all of them. Um, We'll start off, of course, the one that's the hardest to talk about for sure is Kobe Bryant. This was his year to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame, and certainly he gets in. And, um, you know, it's interesting because... If we would have, if, if the pandemic wouldn't have happened, and I know it's easy to say now, but if it, it wouldn't have happened, the story for all of 2020, no matter what would have happened the rest of the year, would have been the passing of Kobe Bryant, and it wouldn't have been close. Uh, that's one of those stories, Joe, that will resonate in our lifetimes, where we were when we found out, how yep. we knew. Uh, I remember, specifically, I can tell the story um, pretty quickly is that uh, we had uh, I think we had Little League practice Mm -hmm. and it was one of the first practices and then afterwards as a reward I took my son to go get a snow comb and we go to the place 
and I'm I'm buying the snow cone, and the and the guy says to me, "Hey, did you hear about Kobe Bryant?" And I said, "Yeah, I heard," because I thought he was referring to because I believe the night before LeBron James passed That's him correct. in points over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Yeah, LeBron passed him in points last night," and he said, "No, he died in a in a uh, mm-hmm. helicopter crash." And I'm yeah. like, "What?" And I'm usually on Twitter a lot, like I'm on social media a lot. Yep. So immediately I picked up my phone. And I'm like, oh, wow, this really did happen. And so, uh, you know, we finished and then went home and then the rest of the day I was consumed with that. But it's one of those rare days, Joe, in sports where you'll always remember the story. You'll always remember where you were at that moment. And as I said, uh, our lives have all changed very significantly since then. But that story to me is is one of those that just really got to you at the time. It's, uh... It was so hard to believe, and, and it was also our, um, our first experience into this generation of media reporting. Uh, and we've kind of seen it in the past, but w- how that got leaked out and the amount of just misinformation that took, that took hold from that point to the story kept changing and it was his family. It, it was just, it was such a mess how it was where so many people were rushing to be first and not, not right. Just nobody wanted to get it right. They just wanted to be out there. And it was, uh, that was a rough couple of hours. And I can't imagine for the, for the poor families that were, uh, you know, who, who were part of the, the folks who perished there. You know, it, it changed literally every 20 minutes during that. It was, it, it, it was crazy. Yep. I mean, and welcome to, you know, how reporting goes in, in 2020, Craig. It, it was a lesson learned, I hope, for many people, but uh, it, was, it was two weeks and, and still it felt like it, it wasn't real after it happened. Yeah, and we've decorated Kobe's career here on oh, Sports yeah. Grid a lot. We've talked about all the great games and the championships that he's played in. Right. And uh, so, you know, certainly rest in peace and wasn't congratulations. Wasn't a tough choice. To yeah, it wasn't a tough choice. Yeah, for sure. Nope. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, other players who got in the Basketball Hall of Fame that we can speak to. Uh, Tim Duncan, no question about that. Uh, all the championships that Duncan ended up winning with the San Antonio Spurs. And what do I think about Tim Duncan, Joe? I think about how Tim Duncan got to San Antonio. Because <laughs> to me, that is kind of the bigger story. Yep. Where uh, the Spurs are a really good team. You know, they have Rod Strickland and they have David Robinson. And and they were the first team to really, to me, Joe, sort of embrace the tank. Like That's it right. was when you really think about sports and you think about draft picks. Uh, David Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, didn't play an entire season mm-hmm. with the San Antonio Spurs. They went into the season thinking that he was going to play, and then yep. all of a sudden he couldn't play. I think he had back surgery, had a yep. back injury. Uh, they just basically, as an organization, decided, you know what? We're done. We're not going to—I I don't want to say they didn't try, yep. but they essentially were the worst team or one of the worst teams in the NBA. Now, keep in mind, you still got to win the ping-pong battle. Right, I get right. that. Yep. But Tim Duncan coming out of Wake Forest was clearly the number one pick, the top overall pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the unfortunate luck of the Spurs with not having the Admiral put them in the position to get Tim Duncan. Yep. And how do they say it? The rest is history. They went on to win several NBA championships. Duncan, either power forward or center, even after yep. David Robinson retired, still played at a very, very high level for about six or seven years. There are people who think that Tim Duncan still could have played for a number of years, but we never really got to know him that well. He wasn't really a big talker, mm-hmm. but in terms of his on-court performance, he's in a, in a category really by himself, being able to play both those positions, one with the Admiral and one yep. without him center. Yeah, it, to me it was sometimes the universe is aligned and it works out perfectly and it worked out perfectly 
for Tim Duncan and the San Antonio Spurs. The perfect guy for the perfect market with the perfect coach, and it fit him like a glove. And to me, Tim Duncan, I've always said it, my Mount Rushmore uh, of NBA players includes Tim Duncan with five NBA rings, three NBA Finals MVPs, uh, two league MVPs, plays for 15 years. You mentioned it both as a center and a power forward. Maybe a lot of people consider him the, the greatest power forward uh, in the game that we have seen. And uh, But again, it, would he have been that good under the media spotlight in New York or L.A. or just San Antonio fit him like a glove? It was right time, right guy, right place. Uh, but to this day, even in Wake Forest, I don't think people realize how good he was in college and could have came out, but it was like, no, nope, I'm finishing, I'm getting my degree. You know, how you know, dare people think of that? Uh, you know, yeah, it used to happen where guys actually wanted to graduate before moving on to the NBA. And uh, yeah, it was from that point on, 15 years of just pure bliss and championships and doing it the right way. Um, you can define that any way you want, but uh, when you think about as far as Mount Rushmore goes with me, he's on that, he's on that mount. Yeah, you're right, Joe. I mean, look, uh, coming out of college, staying in college, always a big issue now with these kids. And, of course, the rules did change. Mm -hmm. But before they changed, here's our next Hall of Famer, Kevin Garnett, who came straight out of high school mm -hmm. and ended up going into the NBA and certainly didn't get his one year of college in mm -hmm. before he ended up leaving. He was like the first. I mean, there were other players that did it, I suppose, but he was the first player that really succeeded at a very high level, played a ton of years with the Minnesota Timberwolves, was an all-star virtually every single mm -hmm. season that he played. I mean, KG was just the man. Like, he was awesome. But then it was getting toward the end of his career, and like a lot of players in the NBA, um, you know, Joe, he wanted to win. Yep. And he got sent over to the Boston Celtics, got himself that NBA championship, played at a very high level with Paul Pierce and some of the other players uh, on the Celtics for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. But there's no question that in the you know, 15 years that Kevin Garnett played, he was among the best. Yeah. And you know, the thing that always stuck out to me about him is that I think he played it was 12 or 13 years of Minnesota, right? And just one of the fiercest competitors that you will ever see. I mean, you talk about a guy that just, he wanted to run you over every chance he could. There was him and Kobe, I, I think, are up there when it came to uh, intense, right? How intense they were, Michael. There was, there was always that group of guys that you just knew it was going to be a war anytime you went up against them. And that's who he was. What was he, league MVP in 2004, 15-time NBA All-Star title with the Celtics. Uh, but he was a guy that, ooh, man, you, you better have brought it because otherwise he was going to run you over. So, yeah, and, and I... You know, remember those great rivalries between the Celtics and the Miami Heat with with Garnett on those teams and yep. Paul Pierce on those teams. That was, I mean, they did get their one championship, but there are some people who felt like the Celtics maybe should have gotten more. Uh, Rondo was on those teams as well. But look, you can't take anything away from Garnett. He was playing on a brutal team yes. for a long time in Minnesota, and, uh, and still and he brought got it. himself out. <laughs> I mean, he was, so he, was, hard. he was great for a long yep. period of time. Yep. I don't um, think he talks to Ray Allen anymore either, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, so. they had a falling out because of uh, Allen going to Miami. Yep. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich is in the Basketball Hall of Fame, a very good player. Yep. 
and all, and also an even better coach. And of mm-hmm. course, some of the, the the best quote of one of the best quotes of all time: "Never underestimate the heart of a champion." When Houston was down 3-0 in their series, and uh, in the Western Conference Finals, and then came back to win, and then win the NBA championship, winning a couple of back-to-backs. Fortunate for Tom Janovich, Michael Jordan. Those were the couple of years that Michael Jordan wasn't around. But but certainly Clyde Drexler, oh. uh, Otis Thorpe, mm. Akeem Olajuwon, Kenny team. Smith. <laughs> they, they just ran through the Western Conference, yep. and there are stories about how Rudy T still like coaches right now. He's not coaching professional team, but he'll go to games yep. and he'll on all the information and write down what he thinks, and he'll send it to different teams. And a very likable guy as well. Yes. Yeah, and and again that those years there with uh, with Elijah on and company, you mentioned Drexler. It's easy enough, right? Everyone says, "Oh, and you got that kind of talent, man." The hardest thing to do is not screw it up, and uh, and he did not, as a matter of fact, and beloved for all of those years that he coached, even a couple Olympic teams, I believe uh, he was a part of as well. Uh, very well respected and loved guy, certainly. I do think they retired his number. In um, oh, they retired something in Houston to do with uh, Tom Bonovich, I believe. Yeah, oh, they they definitely yeah. should have. Uh, one of the interesting uh, stories over the weekend too was, um, and and I want to get to all the Hall of Famers here, but uh, Kim Mulkey, who was the head coach at Baylor for yeah. a long time. I mean, record. Joe, think about this record: six hundred wins, one hundred losses, six hundred and a hundred. <laughs> Like, that's unthinkable in any range of any sport, but that's what she was. Yep. And they had a nice, uh, when, when it was announced that she was in the Hall of Fame, all of her neighbors drove by her house mm-hmm. and were, like, beeping and cheering for her because that's the most that you can do at this point for anybody. But I thought that that was a really nice story for the weekend. I just wanted to bring that up as well. Um, I'll, I'll just throw out the rest of the names here, and if you have any thoughts, Joe, mm-hmm. feel free. Eddie Sutton, longtime college basketball coach at Oklahoma State. Yep. Tamika Catchings played at a very high level in the WNBA for a long period of time. Barbara Stevens, former coach as well, and then contributor uh, Patrick uh, Bauman, mm-hmm. also in the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. When I was at Oklahoma State, Eddie Sutton was the head basketball coach then, and uh, what were you doing there? Talking about things. Uh, yeah, I, I played uh, baseball. So uh, during my uh, my college days there, Eddie Sutton was quite the uh, quite the coach. Very loved and 800 wins, guys. Like over 800 wins as a head coach. Uh, it's uh, some guys who got caught with Kentucky in some places, maybe with some NCAA violations. But the reality is, Eddie Sutton, one of the all time greatest uh, sure. college coaches that uh, that we've ever seen. How many years were you at uh, Oklahoma State? I was there for two years, yep. Is it a fun place to go to school? Yeah, Stillwater, Oklahoma. It was fantastic. It was, um, shall we say, uh, enlightening. Uh, you know, I take the kid from Long Island, New York, and throw him in the middle of Stillwater, Oklahoma. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun, shall we say. Especially when you got to meet people who graduated in classes of eight. Didn't realize those people existed uh, from places like Enid, Oklahoma. And, yeah, it was uh, all good people, though. And uh, some of my best friends today uh, I met uh, there, still live in Oklahoma. Yeah, Texas, uh, a lot of the football guys. Uh, We were always the little engine that could. And then, of course, I leave and T. Boone Pickens comes in and decides to drop $600 billion. So, yeah, thanks, T. Boone. A little, a little late. Was, was Big Country Reeves the most popular player ever? Uh, him I and think. I were in the same math class together. Good old Big right? Country. Yes, him and I. Byron, 
uh, was also the, yeah, we were in that same math class together. So that was a lot. He was a good guy, too. Dumb as a stump, but really nice guy, man. I was going to say, did you give him some uh, Yeah, some no, answers? he was a mess. Yeah, he was a, he was the largest individual, though. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm sitting down, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, and he's sitting down. I'm going, my word. Good guy, though. I mean, sweetheart of a guy, just an absolute mess. Yeah. Uh, had a decent NBA career. Vancouver, yeah. I think. Yeah, Vancouver absolutely. Prison. Yep. Yep. All right, so that's uh, our Basketball Hall of Fame discussion, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the first hour of our show here on Sports Grid. but don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we're going to have a little fantasy baseball discussion. Uh, also, we'll go through some of the iconic stadiums in professional sports. We will take care of one NFL stadium, one Major League Baseball stadium. Plenty more to come right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, along with Joe Ranieri, right with you here on sportsgrid.com. Also, if you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to the show. And also, if audio is your thing, we are uploading the audio every single day to iTunes and Android and Stitcher and audioboom.com. So you could listen to just the audio. If there's anything on the show that you want to go back that you missed, just hit that rewind button or open up any one of your popular apps. Joe and I will be right back after these quick messages right here on SportsGrid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. You got it. players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com